Good morning, Storyside. My name is Pastor Chad. I oversee our, over, our Storyside Ontario location, and I'm so glad to be in the house of God this morning. Anyone else glad to be here today? Again, I just want to just say again what Pastor Matt and Pastor Desiree talked about, just what Pastor Micah and Pastor Angel just mean to not only me as a, a pastor and on staff here, but as a father and as a husband, uh, just what they mean to our family. And again, let's just give it up for our, our vision pastors, Pastor Micah and Pastor Angel this morning. Let's give it up for them. This, as we uh, conclude our series on the book of James, we have been going through the book the last few weeks, and uh, today we're just going to conclude it. And, but if you read James, you're going to know that throughout the book, he is going to recap, and, or he's going to challenge us on tests and temptations. He's going to challenge us on faith and works, finances and greed and selfishness, envy. He's going to challenge us on plans and schemes. And, uh, but this morning, we want to conclude with the end of James. Um, we want to conclude with James chapter 5 verse 19 through 20, and I want to read that this morning. James chapter 5, verses 19 through 20. My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander, everyone say wander. wander. Come on church, say wander. wander. If you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. Let's pray this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we just, we just thank you for this opportunity that we have, Jesus, to just serve you with all of our hearts. Lord, I pray that our hearts and our minds would be open to receive what you have for us today, God. And Lord, I pray that when we do wander, Lord, you're there with us and you would help us back to get on track. In your name we pray, Jesus. Everyone said, amen. amen. Anybody ever just uh, grabbed their phone before, right? And you're just looking down and you're just walking and you've kind of gotten off track. Anybody? No one. Just me. So that's good. Uh, but there have been times where have you ever just dazed out? Anybody ever like in a classroom, right? Or church and you just dazed out a little bit, right? You want, some of you may be wondering right now. Uh, but you've, you've wandered in thought, maybe in your actions. Um, I, you know, my kids wander around all the, town, all the time. I have four daughters. Uh, I have a four, five, and a nine, and a ten-year-old. And they wander around all the time. We went to the zoo the other day. And while we were there, one of them, um, Arwen, my, my, my six-year-old, uh, five-year-old, she'll be six in a moment. Uh, but she was wandering around. She liked to watch people. And so she was wandering around. We went to the right to the aquarium kind of area, and she was going to the left, and she ended up with the alligators. And uh, she wandered off a little bit. There have been times where we have wandered a little bit, walking around. Um, I just remember many times in my life where I would just wander, wander in thought, wander in the classroom, wander just our minds would wander. Well, James tells us this in chapter 5. He says, my brothers and sisters, if one, everyone say one, if one of you should wander. 
if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back. He's saying if one. He's talking, he says, my brothers and sisters. So James is talking to not just anyone, but he's talking to the church. He's talking to the brothers and sisters who believe in what God is doing in their lives. And he's saying if just one, if one of you should wander. The word wander means to walk or move uh, in a casual or aimless way. Studies show in churches that due to certain circumstances, 40% of people will wander away from church. Another statistic I read about this week that said that 66%, two-thirds of young adults who attend church as a teenager will wander off or drop out of church by the time they graduate. It's very rare that anyone would ever decide to just wander one day. It's very rare that anyone who has been going to church and and being a part of church just wakes up one day and just says, I'm done with it. Someone who has been a part of a team and, and, and praying in their Bible doesn't just wake up one day and just said it's over. What happens, though, is that they gradually start wandering away. They slowly start wandering. They were all in with Jesus. They were all in reading their Word. But they slowly started to wander People gradually move away from God and they gradually get farther and farther away from what God wants them to do in their life. It's kind of like, um, I remember my, my, my math teacher in high school would tell us about the d- degree of separation. And so if you're on track to go one certain way, he said if you just change that degree, just one number, just change the degree, just one He says, in the beginning, you won't notice a big difference. But your end point is going to be totally off from where you want to go. In the beginning, you may not see someone wandering. You may not even notice in yourself wandering away because it's just very small. They will tell you that if if you just change it one degree, in 100 yards, you're going to be 5.2 feet away from your destination which is not going to be a big thing, but it starts being noticeable. If you, after a mile of just one degree off, you're going to be close to 100 feet off of your course. They say that if you start in New York and you try to go to L.A., you're going to wind up in Alaska. Just one degree off. And many times in our lives, what happens is, is that we don't notice it. We don't notice why we wander off. We don't don't notice it, but we do stop praying. We don't go to church as much as we used to go. We lose that desire inside of us for the Word of God. We start hanging around the people that we know we shouldn't be around. And we slowly start wandering away from God. I'm here to tell you that we can all wander. 
Everyone in this room can wander. I have wandered many times, and I'm thankful that Jesus continues to be there when I wander away. I'm thankful for that one degree that I may get off track, that I may not notice, but God notices it, and he pulls me back onto track. But when we wander, there's a couple of symptoms that we can look for. They're called wandering symptoms. And it's kind of like when you go to a doctor. When, when you go to a doctor, uh, the doctor will ask you, what symptoms do you have? The doctor will ask and say, you know, uh, do you have, uh, you know, if you're fever or coughing or ask what symptoms so that they can access the problem so that they can easily give you the right, um, you know, the, the right procedure to help you get better. This morning, I want to share with you some wandering symptoms that maybe you haven't noticed yet. But the first one is disconnected. For us to start wandering, sometimes we can get disconnected. Not only disconnected um, from the church, but we can get disconnected from the people in our lives who help us grow to become the men and women that God wants us to be. Sometimes we can be disconnected. And we get disconnected because we become afraid. Afraid. Like we were connected, but my past, I remember someone hurting me before. And so this time, I'm going to be aware of it, and, I, and I'm kind of afraid that someone's going to hurt me again. So I'm going to disconnect before anyone can disconnect me. So we get disconnected from the church because we're afraid. We get disconnected because we're busy. Anybody ever been busy? Right? Every weekend you feel like there's something going on, on, and on. Like, man, if I could just have one day. right? To, I, I know families, uh, and, I, and I've done this before with our kids, but you know, there's softball tournaments, there's, there's volleyball, there's wrestling, there's chess, whatever it is. Right, and they're they're going through the whole week, and like, man, if I could just sleep in one day, and for some reason we always choose Sunday. Why can't we choose Wednesday? Wednesday sounds like a good day to sleep in, but we choose Sundays. Sometimes our lives are so busy that we get disconnected, or maybe we get disconnected because we're alone. We feel isolated. We're like, we're just alone and, and we don't want to be alone anymore. You may be in a wilderness season of your life. Solitude is a gift from God, but isolation is a tool of the enemy. See, the enemy will try to isolate you, to get you away from where you're growing. He knows, what, he knows how you're growing in God, but he's going to try to get you away from that. I love this quote that said, sin demands to have a man by himself. He withdraws him from the community. The more isolated the person is, the more destructive will be the power of sin over him. And the more deeply he becomes involved in it, the worse the situation gets. We can be disconnected sometimes because we, have, we, we know about Jesus but we don't know Jesus. We can be disconnected from what God wants us to do, 
because we allow the fear to come into our lives. We allow these different situations of being too busy or being alone, and we start giving reasons of why we are disconnected. But not only is disconnected a symptom, but also being distracted. Anyone ever get distracted easily? Anyone? There's a few of you guys. You were distracted when I asked you if you were distracted. <laughs> but there are many distractions. Driving uh, in the car, you know, you're, you're distracted driving. Where, you, you know, however that is. And thank goodness for the rumbles, right? Anybody ever hit the rumbles on an occasional basis? No one wants to raise their hand. That's okay, though. Uh, but we can be distracted and it would make us wander away. Being distracted when we don't pay attention to what's going on around us. We read um, in Luke chapter 10 of Martha. The Bible says that Martha was distracted when Jesus was in the room. When Jesus was there, Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. So many times we can be distracted on the things that we want to make happen that we forget that Jesus is in the room. We can be distracted on what's going on in our lives. Proverbs 17, 24 says, sensible people keep their eyes glued on wisdom, but a fool's eyes wander to the ends of the earth. We can be distracted. Some of us walking down, they see a squirrel, and we're like, man, we're going. We're going that way to the squirrel. We can be distracted on what's going on, not physically around us, but also spiritually and emotionally inside of us. That we allow the littlest things to happen. In Proverbs 4, verses 25 through 27, it says, look straight ahead and keep your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. We can get distracted. We can become disconnected. And we can be disgruntled. We can be frustrated. Anybody, and I like to ask these questions because I'm, I, I, basically I ask these questions because I don't want to be the only one in the room, but anybody ever been frustrated? Right? There's more hands for that one. Thank you. Uh, but we have, been, we have been frustrated, frustrated with the kids, trying to get them up on a Sunday morning, frustrated with them because they can't find their shoes or they put two left ones on and they're, they're not matching, and, or frustrated with our spouse. We can be frustrated with different things. Frustration uh, can lead us to wander because we start getting a little angry. We start getting a little frustrated, disgruntled in our walk with God. Even in our lives, we get offended easily. And what happens is, is when we get frustrated, we start wandering away from where God wants us to go. We start going in a different direction. Our disgruntledness leads to wishful but hopeless thinking. We start playing thoughts in our minds. Like we're asking God to help us, but we're not really wanting to wait 
Like, I don't want to wait on God. I, I want it right now. And we get frustrated. We get frustrated because of the thoughts like, I hate being single, so I should just settle for the next person that I meet. My spouse doesn't satisfy me, so I should get a new one. My job isn't fulfilling, so I should just quit. My church isn't exciting anymore, so I should just leave and go find another one. My, my life is miser miserable. God doesn't make me happy anymore. And we start playing with these thoughts in our minds that gets us more frustrated, gets us more offended, disgruntled. And the problem is, is sometimes we give justification of why we are acting the way we do, and we think it's okay. We think it's okay that I start. But what happens is we don't even know that we're wandering away. We don't even know that that's what's happening. We think it's okay. Not only disgruntled or frustrated, but we can also be discouraged. See, when the trials of life cause us to become discouraged, we often begin focusing on the problems and we take our eyes off of Jesus. I'm reminded of one of my favorite stories in the Bible of Peter walking on the water. You know, Peter is on the boat and he asked the question to Jesus. He says, can I come to you, Lord? And Lord says, come, Peter. And Peter does amazing. He gets out of the boat and he starts walking on the water. He's doing something that I wish I would have been able to do forever. Right? I've tried. I can't do it. I prayed, I fasted, I'm like, God, I just want to do it one, I can't. But he was able to do it. And he was able to do it, but what happened was he got discouraged and he got distracted a little bit and he got his eyes off of Jesus and he began to sink. We can get discouraged sometimes because life is not working out the way we want it to work out. In Galatians 6, 9, it says, let us not become weary or become discouraged. Let us not become tired or weary or discouraged in doing good. I love this scripture because it's telling us, listen, you're doing good. You're doing something amazing. Don't get tired of doing it. Don't get, don't get worn out. Don't get discouraged because it's not happening the way you want it to happen as soon as you want it to happen. It's saying, don't get tired. Don't get discouraged in doing good for at the proper time we will reap if we do not give in means to keep going you're going to get discouraged sometimes in your life it's okay but just keep going don't let that stop you keep going in the direction that god wants you to go and not start wandering off and wondering what's what would happen if i went this way or or wandering off in the wrong way don't let discouragement control the narrative of what God is doing in your life. In Matthew 36, 40-41, in the message, the paraphrase comes like this. It says, when he came back to his disciples, he found them asleep. He said to Peter, can't you stick it out with me a single hour? Stay alert, be in prayer, and don't wander. Don't wander. 
into temptation without even knowing you're in danger. There is a part of you that is eager, ready for anything in God, but there's another part of you that's as lazy as an old dog sleeping by the fire. There's a part of you that is eager to do what God wants you to do, but there's a part of you that can sometimes be lazy, and we get like that because we get discouraged. It's not happening the way we want it to be, or I'm just too tired, I'm weary. We can also become disobedient. We can become disobedient in our lives, and sin can set in. See, many of us begin to wander or drift away from God because of the sin in our lives. And it causes us to feel guilty to even show up to church. It's like we feel like we have these weights on us. And everyone can see it. And everyone's going to judge me. And everyone's going to be like, you, I can't believe you've come to church. I know your background I know what you've done in Belleville. I know what you've done in, in, in Mansfield. I, I know who you are. And we allow this sin in our life to make us wander. We feel unwilling or, or hesitant to pray anymore or to get into the Word of God when we know we have these issues in our lives. And I start wondering. I let my guard down. My standards have dropped. I began crossing lines that I know that I shouldn't be crossing anymore. But most of the time, we don't even know that we're doing it until after it's happened because we're wandering in the wrong direction. We're wandering and we're not the, the sin inside of us and we're allowing it to take control of the direction that we're going. In Proverbs 5, verse 5 through 7, it says, Her feet go down to death. Her steps lead to the grave. She doesn't stay on the way of life. Her paths wander, but she doesn't know it. When the sin and disobedience has been in our lives, we start wandering down that path, wondering, what can I do from here? The solution is not to run or wander from God. The solution is to say, God, I'm sorry. I confess my sins to you, Jesus. I want to be in your presence. We want to be able to live that life that God wants us to have. In 1 John, it says, but if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. See, a lot of times in our lives we start wandering because we sometimes even think that's the direction we should go. We wander because of the discouragement in our lives. We wander because of being disconnected. We wander because, because we think we... It's the direction that we're wanting to go. It's because of the dis disobedience in our lives and we're ashamed of what's happening. But as we get ready to close here this morning, I'm reminded of a story in Matthew. 
Matthew chapter 18, verse 12 through 14, it says, If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, what will he do? Think about this. Think about the scripture a lot. And if I can be honest with you this morning, story side, I think about this. And if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them wanders off, what will he do? Sometimes I've thought, I'll go get another one. Right? I got 99. What's one? I mean, just let it go. Like, uh, I'm not going to hurt the 99 to get to the one. Sometimes in our lives, it doesn't make sense. Like, why do you want to... I have $99 in my pocket and I just dropped one. Am I really going to go get that? Some people, yeah, yeah. But I love the scripture because won't he leave the 99 others on the hills and go out to search for the one that is lost? For the one that is lost. And if he finds it, I tell you the truth, he will rejoice over it more than over the 99 that didn't wander away. In the same way, it's not my heavenly, it, it's not my heavenly Father's will that even one of these little ones should perish. A few years ago, on 4th of July, a few years ago, we were celebrating with all of our friends. And my oldest daughter... Macaria, she just began to start walking. And I remember we, we were sitting in the, in, the, in the lawn and, you know, the parking lot's behind us and hundreds of people around us and I was with friends and family. My wife and I are over here, we're talking. And I looked over just to see where Macaria was. And she wasn't where we left her. She was only two or three. And I remember for that brief moment of how I felt like I lost her. And I started to freak out. I was like, babe, where, where's Macaria? She was just right here. Where she, I mean, and I'm like, I already failed as a father. We've only had one kid. I've already lost her. Like, this is it. Like, this, I can't do it anymore. And I remember like, where were we? And she was like, well, she was just here. Where did she go? We don't even know. And what happened was what seemed like a lifetime of us trying to find her it was only like 12 seconds. And she wandered from here and she went over here to be with her cousins and her second cousin, just family members. But I thought she was over here. And my heart sank to the bottom. And I was just in like, God, I need you. Like, I need to find her. I need to find her. She's wandered off. After that moment, I found her. I didn't, I didn't yell at her. Like, why? You know, like, you're two. Why did you do this? And I didn't do anything like that. I grabbed her, and I held her, 
And I know it was only for 12 seconds, right? But I, I started to think of this. Afterwards, like I want to be a church that if someone wanders away, we have the same mentality of when my daughter left. Like we got to go get them. They've wandered away. They've gone astray. Well, I'm not, I don't want, my wife and I didn't be like, well, she's gone. Let's make another one. That's what, you know, good riddance. Or, we, we didn't say that. But we did everything we could to try to find the one that was wandering away. And I want to be that church that says the wanderers are welcomed. Those that have wandered away, you're welcomed here. Because God has not given up on those that have wandered away. God has not given up on those that have wandered in a different direction. He still loves all of us. He loves each and every single one of you. And he will do whatever he can do to bring us back home. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13, it says this. But now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God. But now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. We're going to pray for the wanderers. We're going to welcome the wanderers. James, through this whole book, he talks about over 40 things that we struggle with over and over and over. But he ends the book. He ends it. And he says, it doesn't matter how you wandered away. There is hope. There's still hope for you. There's still Jesus for you. And I'm so thankful for that. Who do you know that has wandered away? Who do you know that in the beginning it was just something small but kept going and going and going? A few weeks ago we had a friend of mine was talking about how she invited someone to church and they were coming, but then they stopped coming for a week, and then two weeks. And I started asking them, like, hey, I haven't seen such and such in a while. Like, oh, yeah, I haven't either. I'll, I'll wait two or three more weeks and see what's going on. Like, no. Why are we even waiting? I'd rather someone tell me, like, hey, Pastor Chad, leave me alone. I was just sick, I'll be back next week, than for someone to say no one even asked. I want to be a church, and we are a church that is loving the wandering people, that is accepting, that is welcoming those that are wandering. And just because you've wandered doesn't mean that you're lost. Want to be a church that looks for the wanderers. And how do we do that? 
First and foremost, we need to pray. To pray. Because you, pro- you can't properly talk to men, to men about God unless you talk to God about men. Without the Holy Spirit directing us, it's going to be impossible for us to be able to look for those that are wandering. We need Him to lead us. We need the Holy Spirit to soften our hearts, to be in word and prayer. But we need to not only just pray, but we need to prepare. Prepare ourselves. As we're on a team, prepare ourselves, prepare our spiritual lives as we continue to give to the church, as we continue to serve the church, prepare ourselves. And last thing we need to be able to do is to welcome. To welcome those that have wandered. And I'm thankful for churches. I'm thankful for StorySide. I'm thankful for the heart of Pastor Micah and Pastor Angel who are always opening up their arms, who are always uh, welcoming those that have wandered away and thankful that Jesus continues to love those that have wandered away because if he didn't I wouldn't be here today we need to be a church that is welcoming the wanderers we want to be a church because wandering people can come back to Jesus this morning church Maybe you know someone who has wandered away. Maybe it's you. Like, I still go to church. But if you look deep down inside, maybe you see that one degree of separation slowly happening. I just don't read the Bible, you know, like I, I don't pray, I, I, don't, I don't give anymore. Like I, You can tell in your life what direction you're going. Maybe you know someone and you're just saying, God, help me. Pastor Chad, I just need, how can I reach out to those that have wandered away? I'm just here to remind all of you today that God still loves the people that have wandered. Doesn't matter where they are. He has never left us. He's never forsaken us. He will always be with you. With every head bowed and every eye closed this morning. God, I thank you for this opportunity that we have today, Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would help us, God, that we would not just be people who ignore those that have wandered, but Lord, that you would help us. You would open up our eyes, God, to see those that maybe at first we didn't recognize that they wandered away. But Lord, you would help us see that and, help, and speak to us and lead us. Lord, that we would be prepared in our lives and we would open up our hearts and our arms to welcome those that have wandered away. But maybe today you've wandered a little bit. And you're just needing Jesus. You're just needing God to just, just to remind you that he loves you, that he's forgiven you, that you're not lost. Maybe you've been discouraged, frustrated, disconnected, maybe even disobedient 
and you know that you have, and today you want to get back on track with God. I want to pray for all of us this morning. God, I thank you for what you're doing in our lives, Jesus. I know that you are here with us, God. And Lord, you are doing something amazing. So Lord, I pray for those that have wandered, Jesus. Lord, I pray for your spirit, God, this morning, that it would continue to build us up, Jesus. Lord, I thank you. I thank you, God, for what you're doing in our lives. And I'm praying for those that have wandered, Lord, or maybe we know someone that has wandered. Lord, I pray that they would know without a shadow of a doubt the love that you have for them and that they would know that they can come back home today. God, I'm thankful that you have always loved the wanderers. And today we want to build our lives on you, Jesus. We want to build everything we have on the foundation of your love, Jesus. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Let's all stand up and worship God this morning.